Welcome to Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series on the hospitality tabletop industry. Now, here's your host, Dave Turner. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our Seat Yourself podcast. I'm Dave Turner, and I'm your host here at Seat Yourself. And of course, by now, you know that See Yourself is our weekly podcast that covers the news and items of interest and anything that's really relevant, all within the food service and hospitality industry. This is episode, by the way, of number 116 of See Yourself, and it's published the week of May 24th, 2021. And once again, we're back in Studio B of the Tabletop Journal Studios. This week, we've got a great guest on See Yourself. Today, we'll be joined by John Kelly, CEO of a company called Zenreach out of San Francisco. Zenreach is a data and information company that helps restaurateurs and hospitality operators of all types with their customer acquisition strategies. And these days, is there anybody who doesn't need a few more customers? And John's also going to explain to us how his company can help with the retention of those most loyal customers as well. And as we come out of the pandemic and all the lockdown situations, getting back our most loyal customers we had before COVID is extremely critical. As John's going to explain to us, he and his company have lots of ways they can be a benefit to operators, and even a few thoughts about how his company might just have a little something there for suppliers as well. So with all of that, let's give a great big warm welcome, a seat yourself welcome, to CEO John Kelly from Zenreach. John, welcome to Seat Yourself. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, really, it's great having you here. And I, I'm sure since we are really a food and beverage tabletop, front of the house kind of, we have, that's kind of in our DNA. We're trying to, to get more technology savvy with our listeners. And we've got a lot of operators who joined us, particularly in the last couple of months. If you can, just give a quick snapshot on what ZenReach is all about and how you guys bring so many benefits to operators. Yeah. So the origin of the company was to try to find ways in which we could bring the efficiency, transparency, and accountability of the online sector, primarily advertising and marketing, and bring that to the offline world. And we have done this essentially by leveraging what might be called the killer app, and that is the fact that everyone's bringing a cell phone with them. And so we've developed a technology where we can help restaurateurs or retail shops understand their consumers better, their offline consumers, leverage that offline consumer understanding to market to those consumers and those consumers that look like their own consumers in a much better, more efficient transparent manner. And we can talk about some of the details, but that's essentially the gist. Yeah, I, I love it because in the research I was doing about ZenReach, you, you all have a, an unbelievable uh, ability to personalize things. And, and you know exactly who that customer is who's coming into the restaurants. And later on in the discussion, I want to get into other sectors that you might be looking at that this same technology would apply to. But you, you've really been in technology for a long time. Why don't you give, a, give our folks a little bit of background about who you are and why do did you all of a sudden decide ZenReach was the place that you wanted to change the world? Sure, sure. So I, in the beginning of the dot-com bubble, if your listeners remember that, in 2000, joined the internet craze at a small company called AOL, which at the time hey, wait was... a second. I, I did a little research on you in AOL, and believe it or not, there's probably some listeners that are out there going, what the heck is AOL? Right. Um, but... 
That said, you joined them in March of 2000. In my little bit of research, they had just acquired a company called Netscape. They had just acquired another company called MapQuest, spending four or five billion dollars acquiring these companies. That's pretty heady stuff there. Uh, well, for those days, right? Yeah, they, they actually had just you were acquired in the days for another AOL. company of even bigger value, which was Time Warner at the time. So they will own MapQuest, Netscape, and Time Warner uh, media property. So it was the 800-pound gorilla of the internet at the time. And so, yeah, I joined them and was part of the boom, part of the bust, but have, you know, I became caught into the, into the net. I was caught in the internet and have been there for 20 years ever since. I've had stints at companies like Yahoo and eBay and a number of small startups, some of which became pretty successful like Critio and uh, Telepart. And one of the things that uh, brought me to ZenReach was the joy and professional growth that I've seen in companies that can grow exponentially, that have are at the beginning stages of an adoption curve. And when I heard about this company, I said that we are also in a similar position to be at the beginning stages of a huge adoption curve. Well, it's interesting, too, because having owned companies, done startups, and all, you have a unique opportunity right now. And that is you came in almost three years ago, two and a half, three years ago to ZenReach. And then this is a question that I'm going to ask you about is what the, the pandemic, the, the change, how things change. But you had just probably gotten some momentum, some forward momentum at ZenReach. And all of a sudden, boom, March 2020 happens. Yeah. And so now you're, um, this is a question, are you in a restart mood at uh, ZenReach? Or did that just accelerate what you're already doing? Yeah, well, early on, we'd made a, a business conscious decision. We were going to really focus on the value that we can deliver of driving in-store traffic. And we pivoted the company when I first joined to focus on how do we leverage this beta product that we had, which was you know, putting an advertisement in front of a consumer, knowing that the consumer seen it and knowing that the consumer walks into a location. And so that was solving kind of the last holy grail of advertising, which is proving that you can drive in-store traffic, proving on a one-to-one fashion that you could influence consumer behavior to go into a particular location. So about three years ago when I joined, we pivoted, we started focusing on that. And then a year later, which was at the end of 2020, we were actually really hitting our stride and we were seeing good growth from that product and some others. And then of course the pandemic hit. And when you're focused on driving in-store traffic, particularly to restaurants and restaurants close, that is going to have an impact on your business. And it did. It impacted our business. We were impacted not as severely as other technology partners in this space, and certainly not as severely as some of the restaurants themselves, but we were definitely impacted. I would say a year later, fast forward, we're pretty close to pre-pandemic levels right now. So we're back hitting that growth trajectory that that we were on a year ago. Yeah, you, and, and quite frankly, it sounds like whenever I've gone into a new position, I know that, geez, you know, six months, 10 months in, whatever, 12 months in, you're always saying, geez, I wish I'd have known this then. And But now, now you have an interesting chance to sort of do that restart, do a do-over, and with the same focus. And I think that's really interesting because from personal experience, you get a chance to sort of adjust and, and, and tweak things slightly a little bit. 
Let's get into some of the details about what Zenreach can actually do. I know you, what is it? You have a you have a uh, product name for that where you run the ad and you you measure five days later. I think it is. What do you call that that one? That's our attract product. So it's about attracting consumers. Uh, they can be new consumers. They could be lapsed consumers. They can be retargeted consumers. But we're we're putting advertisements in front of consumers to attract them to come to a particular location. And you have other products too for the we for do. measuring that you're yeah. Another one is our engaged product. It's essentially the ability to collect contacts. So these are contacts from your consumers in the restaurant. And this is primarily through a software layer that sits on top of the Wi-Fi that you have. And we create a guest Wi-Fi experience. So imagine the family of four coming with two kids and cell phones. They don't want to burn through their data. They're going to be there for 45 minutes. Hey, here's a guest Wi-Fi experience. In exchange for your email address, you've got unlimited Wi-Fi, okay? We take that information, that email address, we do a couple things in the back end. One is we tie that email address to the device that signed in. So then we have the two most valuable pieces of real estate in marketing, if you ask me. One is the consumer's online identity, their email, and their offline identity, their mobile phone because you're taking that everywhere. And that's a great proxy for who you are as a consumer. And so then we convey the email address, the online identity to the restaurateur or merchant and say, hey, here's a new contact that you can leverage to email them if you want. But also that email acts as an anchor of identity that you can use for driving advertisements. So a lot of what people might be familiar with if they're restaurateurs and they're doing marketing is you take your email address, you upload it to say Facebook or Google and say, I want to put ads and tell everybody about my happy hour special coming up. And Facebook will then put advertising in front of those consumers. That's one example. Yeah, and I suppose with with that kind of specificity, you have the ability. If if I'm a restaurateur, now I'm looking at getting my my customer base back into my restaurant. Yep. So you have the ability probably to go back and and put those ads in front of their their customers. I w- I wouldn't call them former customers, but pre pandemic loyal customers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's probably the biggest opportunity that restaurateurs have right now. And and we can showcase this. Hey, here are the 10,000 people that came in pre-pandemic and you haven't seen them in a year, right? That's like your number one opportunity is bringing them back. Yeah. Low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit. You can email them, but the email has kind of a typical open rate of between 15 and 20%. So you're still missing out on 80% of them. And then secondly, like you absolutely want to get your message out to these consumers that it performs extremely well. We call them lapse consumers. That would be number one on the recommendation list for restaurateurs out there. Yeah. And I think it's it's going to be an interesting time for uh, reattracting your restaurant customer base too, because certainly we have, we subscribe to the theory that human beings are hardwired to connect with other human beings. And it, that connection happens best over great food and great beverage. Okay. So that said, everybody's going after my, my wallet right now for, to get me back into any restaurant that I live within 30 or 40 miles of, it seems like. So getting back the loyalty right of a hardcore loyal base of customers, that's really, really important now before they get diverted off into other restaurants. 100%. And I think one of the reasons we exist is to help restaurateurs, help local merchants do marketing better. Like do it at the at the efficiency level that the big guys do. And we're trying to help the small to medium-sized folks have that 
first uh, best-in-class technology to bring this to them. So we want to be the partner and we want to tell you, hey, here's some best practices that enable you. And what you just mentioned is one of them. You know, we do consumer segmentation. We know that, hey, these 10% of consumers are your most loyal. They're going to spend five times more over the next year. You've lost half of them during the pandemic. Now it's time to bring them back and double down on your marketing to that sector versus those that are one or two visit segments. Yeah, your company put out some market share data just recently, and the numbers were off the charts for growth uh, since the first of the year, particularly for the states that were, from a regulatory basis, were shut down. And certainly at the bottom of the uh, of the pile was uh, was were the states that had stayed open, Texas, Florida, and so forth. But I think right now there's a, there's definitely an explosion going on, and we've, we've done tons of stories on how hard it is for restaurateurs to get labored and, and support. Supplier, we, we focus a lot on the supplier side and people who bring very tactile products like right. know, China glass and silver and, 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 and so forth. But in, in the logistics right now, restaurateurs, as bad as it was during the pandemic, it's even maybe in a certain way a little worse now because they're being besieged with customers. Hopefully it's the loyal customers who are already pre-sold on it. But they're also interested in attracting new customers too. So it's a, it's an exciting time. And I think we're going to take, it's going to take the back half of this year to sort of sort the whole thing out. So I have another question about that whole software as a, as a service marketplace. Pretty competitive. How do you differentiate your company versus other people who might have similar kinds of programs? Maybe not as robust or whatever, but might, they might say they are. Yeah, I, I think the foundational principle, you know, that I, if I could convey to restaurateurs out there is, you know, you're probably good at customer service. You're probably good at cooking. You probably love interacting with your, your customers. I would venture to say you're probably not that good at marketing, right? Or you might not be first class. And that is where technology can help you. That is where a technology partner like ourselves can help you the most, is understanding, one, who your customer base is. That is foundational to all good marketing, is who are the people coming into my restaurant today, last week, two weeks ago, a month ago? And you cannot understand them if you don't have identity, if you don't know who they are. There are a lot of players out there that will allow you to understand traffic patterns, and that's great. You know, there's nothing wrong with understanding that. But if you don't know who these people are, it's very difficult to segment them. It's very difficult to understand kind of the demographics. I'll give you one example. We work with a, a multi-location steakhouse, and we went to them with data that said, hey, what is the distribution between men and women, you think, in your steakhouse? And they immediately said, oh, we're predominantly men. Right. And we said, actually, no, you're about 53% men, you're 47% women. And they said, we don't believe you. I said, well, okay, like you don't have to. And we got, you know, we got in this long kind of deep depth analysis of how we determine this. But we actually had to go to a Mater D and say, hey, Mater D, what is the distribution of your clientele that come in? And he said, it's about 50 50. And the, the, the corporate execs were like, what are you talking about? That's not, you know, said, yeah, it's a steakhouse. So it, it does have a certain appeal to men, but they're bringing their dates. They're bringing their wives. They're bringing their significant others. And that was when the light bulb went off. They're marketing to one segment, which may be accurate, but the truth is their customer base was much more evenly distributed. Well, you take that information and then, you know, for example, and I'll give you a super crude example, but you can multiply this a hundred times. If it's, something that the man likes and it's Father's Day, you might want to market to 
the spouse, or it's his birthday, you might want to market to the spouse, right? Marketing to him alone might not be the most effective. That's just one example of the intelligence you can get by understanding your consumer base. It has to start there, and it has to start with the identity of the consumers. From that, you can develop a lot of really sophisticated outreach programs. Yeah, I think that when you start talking about that kind of segmentation, when we, again, uh, I come from a tabletop background, we talk to people all the time about don't necessarily, if you're a great steakhouse, you don't necessarily need this big testosterone-laden sword to cut the steak. Have something that will fit in a smaller hand. Have smaller portions, perhaps. I understand that hanging over the side of the platter portions sometimes are, are sales technique, but keep in mind that, just what you said, keep in mind that these men who are coming, they're bringing wives, they're bringing dates, spouses, whatever. And listen, it's it's not all, you know, steakhouses are great. And it's a great example that you bring up. And, and I'm glad you asked the major D because they just know, they know everything that's going on. Right. Intuitively. They're not counting anything. They just know it. Right. That's great. Right. That's a, that's a good restaurant chain. So. <laughs> Listen, we're here with John Kelly. He is the CEO of ZenReach, and we're going to take a quick break here in a minute. But, John, when we come back, I want to talk about uh, restaurants more. I want to talk about that category for sure. But I also want to know if there's other sectors, other retail-type sectors where, where there's walk-in traffic that you might be targeting down the road. So we'll be right back with more with John Kelly, CEO of ZenReach. This episode of Seat Yourself is sponsored in part by the Edward Don and Company. Everything but the food for nearly a hundred years. And if you have not yet signed up for Tabletop Journal's bi-monthly newsletter, now would be a great time to do so. Go to tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. It's a quick and easy sign up and a great way to stay on top of all the important going ons in the world of hospitality tabletop. That's tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. Now, back to our podcast. And welcome back, everybody. We're with John Kelly, CEO of ZenReach. ZenReach has some magical, in my terms, magical software to help drive restaurants, walk-in volume. And right now, it can do. one of the things John told me, enlightened me a little bit in the first segment was that they're going to show restaurateurs how to get all their loyal customers back in as the restaurant business reemerges from the pandemic. John, that's an incredible uh, benefit to uh, restaurateurs because everybody's so busy opening up, they've got to do the, get that customer back again. They've got to re, re-up that loyalty, don't they? Absolutely. You know, you've built a lot of brand equity, a lot of good equity associated with your consumers, and now the pandemic hit. And they had to stay at home, which we all did, right? As we reopen, as states are opening and municipalities are opening and restaurant traffic is coming back, you don't want to lose that equity that you just made, right? You have to be able to recapture it. And by the way, the assumption that a lot of business owners have is that consumers know I'm open is incorrect. Yes. We do not know that you're open. 10 to 15% of restaurants have closed in this past year, right? Like let the consumer know you're there. Let them know your new hours. Let them know any menu changes. Let them know of any dining room changes. But please invest the time and energy to make sure that you're getting those messages, particularly in front of your most loyal customers, because when they come back, they will spend and they will come back frequently. And that's what you need. You know, we're, we're in the restaurant business as a supplier. You're in software and, and, and I'm formerly in tabletop. But 
we're also consumers too. Right. And we go to restaurants and, and, and this, this is such a fabulous business. And you, what we all love about restaurants is when we go in and we're recognized. Right. You know, the old cheers thing that what's the best restaurant that's the one that knows your name. Well, you know, a lot more than my name with your software. If people are using your software, they know everything about me, where I go, where, when I'm not eating there, they know other restaurants, I suppose that I go to as well. Yeah. So we do, we, we have a lot of information about the consumers. And too we, much, too much. Sometimes I, I, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure I'd agree <laughs> with that. There's a lot, there's a lot more, but the, the difference between what we do and what others might do is that we're 100% opt-in. The consumer has given us this permission. They've given us their email address. They've surrendered this information. And therefore, we look at this as like a consensual relationship as opposed to others where I'll give you one example that's illustrative of what has happened in the industry. You know, when you sign up for the weather.com app, did you know that your data was going to be sold on anonymous data? It's not personalized data, but it's going to be sold on various exchanges throughout the advertising world and that people were going to be bidding on putting ad impressions in front of you. Well, most of us don't because we don't read the fine print. We just thought we were given. I was going to say nobody, nobody reads that. We just stuff, thought really? we were given, you know, like we're yeah. getting an app, right? Yep. With ZenReach, we're upfront. We're up front. Hey, we're going to be looking at this. The tailoring of the information is going to be customized for the locations you go in, but we're not tracking you outside of those locations. We, Our view of privacy is a little bit different from most in that we think, hey, you're in a commercial enterprise. You understand that your level of privacy with security cameras and fraud prevention techniques, like, you know, that's a different level. And we're going to just operate in that realm. We don't want to track you when you're walking your dog, and we can't, and we don't. We don't want to know what you're doing at home. That's that's your own personal private life. Well, you know, I, I think security online is such a big thing these days. And it's nice, the balance between the technology side of, the, of our lives and the more tactile side, a nice glass of wine. We talk about the tactile nature of food and beverage all the time. There's nothing quite like connecting. I met, mentioned it earlier, connecting with family and friends, good meal, good beverage. That's very tactile. But to get me back in your restaurant, you're going to need to know who I am, what I like, when, you know, where I'm going, and then put the ad in front of me. Right. And do yourself a favor. And that is, Make sure that when, if you are investing in marketing, you really, really look at the online space. Online usage is at an all-time high, right? People are not driving as much, so radio is not as relevant. They're certainly not reading magazines as much. Print isn't as relevant. And the sandwich board in front like, might be good, but where is everybody now? Where is the most effective advertising? It's online, right? And if you're not familiar or comfortable with it, please reach out to a company like ours so that we can help you. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, not only is the what I would call traditional media platforms, or not only are they of less influencing these days, if you look at your television, 400, everybody's got 400 stations, 400 channels. The radio, same thing, satellite radio, local radio, whatever. Unless you're in some very rural places where there's some AM stations that have, seem to have a real uh, low audience, I think online, if I were an advertising uh, restaurant, online would definitely be the way to go put the ad there, I'm sure. But beyond restaurants, yeah. we have some uh, suppliers. Is there anything that you can do for suppliers, first of all, before we get into some of the other sectors of retail? Is there any opportunities to work with suppliers that maybe either either directly or with the information that you have? Yeah, the information might be valuable to suppliers. Like one of the things that I'll just, you know, convey a little bit more anecdotes. So last year, as the pandemic hit, 
we did some research on in-store foot traffic, and we started publishing that. And that was actually quite valuable to a lot of sectors that we had not anticipated. For example, in March of last year, we saw in-store foot traffic literally drop 60% overnight. You know, at the beginning of March, it was up and then it went down 60%. Like, that's unheard of territory. And in April of last year, we were down 75% because almost every state had some type of uh, lockdown in place. Like, that data was actually quite valuable to a lot of parties that we never thought of. Not just investors were interested in this, but supply chain. So, you know, if there are suppliers that want to understand, like, which sectors are growing the fastest or which locations, contact us and let's see, you know, what we can do for you how we can help. But it's it's the intelligence associated with in-store traffic which sets us apart. Yeah, I, I think that and what I really liked about the information that I saw initially uh, that you produced, it, it was, it was you know, real time almost. I, it, I think it was probably two weeks uh, old. It gave it by state, by metro uh, area. I think that stuff is invaluable of where to spend my money. I mean, the suppliers we talked with, the non-food type suppliers we talked with, probably it was the same for food. I think I would have moved my company to either Texas or Florida over the past year or so. You just move them there, move the whole company there. We saw that borne out in the data. Yep. Texas, Florida, Georgia all had the, some of the shortest lockdown periods, and they saw in-store traffic rebound to over 50% of their historical averages by June of last year. California, New York, New Jersey all had much more conservative, like concerned, less optimistic at viewpoints and had kept lockdowns in March. They never saw traffic go above 50% the entire year, right? So that gives you the, the difference. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about other sectors for a minute. Beyond restaurant and hospitality, uh, what other sectors is Zenreach looking at to sort of find their way in? So if you if you look at this as businesses that have a brick-and-mortar presence that want to understand their brick-and-mortar consumers better and drive more traffic, that's where we can help. The area where we help the most is areas where they have the majority of their revenue coming from offline. So event spaces are a good one. Bowling alleys are a good one. Concert venues are another one that have been, you know, completely hit through this time frame. So all of those are great. And retail sectors, right? We can help in all of those areas, and we've got client representation in all of them. Yeah, in in, uh, in the lead up to our conversation today, I was thinking, what, how would this apply to the medical? industry. And I, and, I, and I was thinking about it, that probably wouldn't work because when a patient comes in or a family comes in, to, it's an in and out and they hopefully don't come back very soon. But uh, so maybe that application, but the, I'll bet there's some way when you can, with that ability to uh, geolocate people, let's say. Yeah. Uh, well, there, there's actually a really interesting use case there that I probably won't go into in too much detail, but the interest level or the frequency with which consumers visit a certain location, particularly when you can identify what that location is, is a strong indication of interest level that can be leveraged appropriately. So, hey, I you know go to the dentist frequently, maybe you're in the market for a new toothpaste or a new uh, whitener or something like that. But you get the idea. There's a lot of conclusions that you can draw about consumer affinity by where they're going. Hmm. Interesting. Very, very interesting. 
You were quoted in an interview recently as saying that you have approximately 10,000 restaurants. That seems like a lot of restaurants, but I also know that uh, NRA says that there's, you know, 750,000 or, or a million restaurants right. in the U.S. alone. Right. What do you see as a big opportunity in the upper, uh, for uh, ZenReach to grow in? Is it is it a particular sector of the restaurant business? Is it the QSR people? Yeah. So we clearly, our presence is good, but it's, you know, we want it to be significantly better. So we've got sure. an enormous opportunity in front of us. If you're looking at, you know, between one and 2% penetration, there's just nothing but upside ahead of us, right? The areas that we want to focus on are going to be those sectors that have something that we call dwell time, Right. And that is, you know, are your consumers coming in and, and jumping right out or are they staying for a little bit longer? Those that stay a little bit longer, that is kind of an opportunity for us to really understand consumer behavior a little bit better. But if you're kind of, you know, going up to a one particular location, grabbing something to go quickly, that might not be as applicable. Nonetheless, the intelligence that we bring about your consumers is just unique. And so I, we really can help all sectors of the industry. Yeah, and I I was thinking too, as you're listening to you describe that, um, running in the convenience store business really is exploding in in terms of food service these days, and and actually taking a lot of that business, that lunch business, particularly. A different discussion for a different day, but people are eating meals all through the daytime now, and and more six, seven, eight eating periods rather than the standard I would call three traditionally. So convenience stores make a lot of sense, and 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 the food has gotten so much better in some of those uh, convenience store chains too. So well, you got. Tell me which ones, because I the food I've experienced in there hasn't improved much. <laughs> really? Well, we, we've got a couple back here. You'll have to come back in the East. There's a chain called Wawa Sheets. Sure. They've really put an emphasis on it. And I just saw, in, uh, and both of these are Pennsylvania chains, ironically, but they have now started dinners Oh, wow. They're six and seven and eight dollar prepackaged dinners. You just take them home and boom. And and I haven't tried that. That's fairly new in Wawa. And these are these are people that are in the top. They don't have as many units as Seven Eleven. But Seven Eleven's even gotten into. I think it's is it Taco Laredo where they they've got a sit down restaurant inside the Seven Eleven serving alcohol. Interesting. So, yeah. 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 Anyway, it's been great. What's the best way if people want to find out more about ZenReach? ZenReach.com, Z-E-N-R-E-A-C-H.com is the website. You can click on the Contact Us button if you'd like to speak to us more directly. And you can email me as well, Kelly K-E-L-L-Y, at ZenReach.com. That's awesome. You know what? I love it. You've been great, John. You brought a touch of technology to us here uh, on Seat Yourself, and it's been great having you here today. I hope you'll come back. Thank you. I'd love to. Thanks for having me. John Kelly, everybody, CEO of ZenReach. That concludes this week's episode of Tabletop Journal's Seat Yourself podcast series. For more news, information, and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, please be sure to check out www.tabletopjournal.com.